Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Hello, everybody. This is your favorite podcast, Tailgated Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kevin Borba, and joining me, eating a nice, fresh-looking salad, Sergio de Esprea. Um, today, we're going to talk to you about some somber news. Um, we got two jobless people out there in the college football world um, with more expected to come. Um, Sergio's diving. He's dying to dive in right now. Sergio, how are you? I, I just don't understand why you got to put my lunch schedule on blast. That's just that's I'm, what I want to know. Fresh looking salad. Can I not compliment how fresh it looks? I'm you, hungry. You can, yeah. but it's kind of unprofessional to eat during a podcast recording. I just I have a very busy day, and I had to kind of sneak it. For all in. they know, you just finished. Now, now, now they know. Through the magic of <laughs> editing, I didn't think that it was going to be something to deal with. But alas, hey, before we do start, though, I do want to say real quick, I am in the state of Florida. It, it, we are recording on Wednesday, September twenty eighth. Uh, Hurricane Ian is currently wrecking the west coast of Florida. I am looking over at my television right now. And looking at some crazy videos of storm surge and crazy winds and flooding, and it's just not looking too good over on the west coast of Florida. And so, if uh, you want to go ahead and help, I know of a couple charities. Um, one's called Covenant House. They help uh, homeless and people who are homeless and have been trafficked. And so, you know, a lot of people don't really think of the people who don't have homes in those areas right now. So you can go ahead and donate to Covenant House. You can donate to the World World Kitchen um, Group. Those charities. Um, just find a different place, uh, not the Red Cross, because your money is really not going to be seen. Most of your money won't be going towards the actual recovery efforts. They'll be going towards the Red Cross corporate to keep their business afloat. They're a nonprofit, but most of their money goes towards keeping them afloat. Um, so if you want to get more of your money to be donated, go through other, you know, do your research on local things. Um, I'm in South Florida, and by South Florida, I mean like Fort Lauderdale area, Miami, South, like traditional South Florida, not on the east coast so for here for us it's just a bunch of rain and some wind and nothing a normal florida rainstorm you know just a little bit more intense but nothing we can't handle we all got power everything's okay streets are drivable stuff like that um but over in the west coast they're really getting hit hard i got a lot of friends whose families are from there and and uh, just want to you know point out if you guys can help in any way we would really appreciate it uh borba knows i'm very proud to be from the state of florida uh you guys joke about your florida man memes but I am Florida man. So <laughs> uh, Florida just man. before we go into that, just want to, cause a, a yeah. few games did get postponed and moved and stuff yeah. due to the hurricane this week too. So it's got a college football tie. It's got a college football tie. So yeah. That, yeah. All that being said, go ahead um, and take over board. But just wanted to mention that I'm back to college football. Some people who don't need donations because they are fired and being a fired football coach in college football is one of the best jobs out there. Jeff Collins and Herm Edwards, um, they will be getting their full contracts and, all the things that they were promised when they took the job. Um, starting with Jeff Collins, just to give you a quick summary, just in case you don't know who that is. Um, he was the head coach at Georgia Tech. They started one and three this year. 
Um, overall, they went 10 and 28. Kind of got a, a raw, not a raw deal, but a tough deal of having to replace the legendary um, Paul Johnson and the triple option at Georgia Tech, which Georgia Tech was known for, for I feel like my entire lifetime. I don't think I ever saw them run a different offense. They even ran the triple option when they had Calvin Johnson. So um, that's just the Georgia Tech MO. So a lot of, I think the Georgia Tech job's more attractive before we move on to the Arizona State job. Um, um, I, so off the bat, I disagree with you. I think Arizona State is the more attractive job than Georgia Tech. I think Arizona State is, if you look geographically at what's going on in the country, there's a lot of people leaving California, um, heading to Arizona, and the Arizona area is starting to get a lot more, um, the, the talent in Arizona, the high school talent, the recruits are getting better um, in a trend. So I think that you can get a much better um, recruiting base with much less competition. I'm not saying Atlanta isn't a good recruiting base. Obviously, the state of Georgia is a very good recruiting lo- location. But I just don't see Georgia Tech competing on the level of teams like Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, uh, these teams that compete in at the Atlanta area and in the state of Georgia. That's just not a reality. They're competing with a Northwestern. They're competing with Vanderbilt. They're competing with a Notre Dame. They're competing with these institutions that have these very high academic standards. And to be honest, I'm not so sure that Georgia Tech, at least what they've shown us, I'm not so sure Georgia Tech is really interested in spending the kind of money and doing the kinds of things that you need to do in order to be successful in the college football ranks in today's day and age. So for me, I think Arizona State's in a much better, a much better job. I really would stay away from the Georgia Tech job if I was like advising coaches. Honestly, obviously, it is a an ACC job and stuff, but I just really don't see it being that attractive to me personally. I would much rather have the Arizona State. Um, Georgia Tech's athletic director was also fired, so there's also going to be a thing there where whoever hires you is probably going to be the, a guy that you know. It, it's a fresh slate. You're not being you're not like the hire to save someone's job kind of thing. So that that is an advantage. Um, I expect the Arizona State athletic director to be resign, get re- just not be there next year. Maybe we'll see, but I still would rather take the Arizona State job. I think there's a much easier path to success through Arizona State because they do want to win. They do want to invest. They want to be the best team in that state. They want to be competing at the Pac-12 level, championship level. Georgia Tech, it's just not a reality for me, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think I just have two reasons that I'm going to go over real quick before we talk about Arizona State. I think Georgia Tech, one, just geographically. I mean, Arizona, like you said, is getting a lot of California implants because people are um, a little mixed on how the direction of the state is going and a lot of people are moving out of the state. Um, but Arizona is has been these past few years a hotbed um a lot of nfl talent has come from arizona a lot of college talent um is from the state of arizona but one of the te- most talent rich areas in the country and you know this as well as anyone sergio because you're connected to the state somehow i think yeah florida georgia but there's a florida georgia line band florida georgia's connected there we go um atlanta is georgia tech is in atlanta just in case you didn't know and that is the prime place to recruit or one of the prime places to recruit and honestly i think for arizona state and this is just hypothetical the pac-12 is in danger um there's reports coming out that they might they might flop and so if they do flop arizona state has been linked to the big 12 i think that from a standpoint of recruiting and the talent that level that you could get and just the direction that the ACC is going, that would be easier to compete in the ACC 
than it would be the Big 12 of the future. Because the ACC right now is Clemson, and then North Carolina State and Wake Forest are both having, which I feel like programs always have these teams every few years where it's like, this is the group. Like, this group has been here all four years, and like, this is their final run. And so I don't know if they have sustainable sustainable success. And so I think, aside from Clemson, no one in the ACC is scaring me. I disagree. I, no? I just I just don't see... I understand being in Atlanta, but we. I think what you need to do is recalibrate your mind and realize that that Atlanta narrative is true for the top tier of schools, which we, you and I have established as three schools. It's Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. And then there's a secondary tier that also matters, that whole, like, oh, Atlanta thing matters. Your Floridas, your LSUs, um, maybe your Michigans. You know what I mean? Those kind of schools. I, Georgia Tech realistically is not even remotely competing on that level. So like that Atlanta narrative really doesn't doesn't matter to them. It's like it's like telling it's like being in a room and with a bunch of short people and telling them, oh, my gosh, you know, they can't reach the top cupboard. And it's like, oh, my God, what a what a and you're like, yeah, but like they're right there. The cupboard is right there. It's like, OK, but none of that matters if I can't reach it. The academic standards at Georgia Tech are extremely high. That's why I compared it to a Northwestern to a Vanderbilt, um, to a Stanford, to a Notre Dame. The, the academic restrictions are so high that it is not feasible. It's not a feasible plan to be able to do that. And what also hurts Georgia Tech is the transfer portal era. Because, yes, Jeff Collins' entire MO was, I'm going to shut, I'm going to do Atlanta. And we thought, what a great idea. Incredible. But it clearly doesn't didn't work. And the few players of a high quality that he did get Amir Gibbs is on Alabama's roster. Their quarterback is good, but he can't do anything because he's on his, on the ground all the time. Like it, it's just not feasible. It's not sustainable. They need to go in a different direction. They need to really realize and reevaluate what it is that they want, who they are, and come to grips with who they are. I understand your theory about it may be better path in the ACC than in the potential Big Twelve compared to Arizona State, but I just think Arizona State has the more much more of a potential to be successful regardless of the conference that they're in, even if they're an independent program. I think they have much more a higher ceiling and honestly a higher floor than Georgia Tech with the realities of the situation there. Like, I, I, I don't see it. I, this is one of the few okay. things I truly disagree on. Let me, let me throw out two names for the Georgia Tech opening, and I'll see if they maybe help convince you that it could be an attractive place to go. Um, up first, I'm not going to go with the obvious one. I'm going Jimmy Chatwell, I believe is his last name from coastal Carolina. Jamie, Chatwell. Um, Jamie Chatwell, excuse me. I, had a, I was always, I'm always worried about messing up his last name, messed up his first name. Jamie Chatwell, <laughs> um, from coastal Carolina kind of runs like the modern triple option. So there's a lot of throwing, um, but there's also a lot of movement in the backfield. And that's what Georgia tech was known for prior to, um, this past era of Georgia tech football. So Grade that. Give me like a, a letter grade on that hire. And because so that that hire to me would be an A. But here's the thing, Borba. He's it, next in line. He's next in line for a power five job. I get it. And that's fine. And, and I think he would fit in really well at Georgia Tech. But listen to what you're saying. The reason he would fit in well is because he's running a modern day triple option. Why do teams run the triple option? Because they do not have the players or they, they need something else to make up for the competitive disadvantage that they're facing. So if your entire argument to me is saying, yeah, but Jamie Chadwell could succeed there with a modern day triple, I agree with you. He could succeed there, but it's not that, that, that is making the best of a bad situation. If you are giving me these two jobs on a piece of paper 
and I am a not like a normal coach. I don't want to say normal coach because those coaches are normal, but, and I am a coach and I have the choice of choosing Arizona state or Georgia tech. I think Arizona state is by far the more attractive job to me because the reason someone like Jamie Chatterwell, who again, I agree that would be an a plus hire. I would love to see that happen. It would kind of go back. They would have a little bit more passing game. It'd be fun, but that system is masking the deficiencies and masking the lack of recruiting and the lack of player because college football is a talent acquisition business. All of those lack things that they lack, they are masking it with this offense, which is fine. It's a great system to run, but you're in you, that, it, that to me proves my point of Arizona state has much more potential, higher ceiling, higher floor than a Georgia tech. Cause a Georgia tech, if you win seven games consistently, and one year you you make it to the ACC championship game, you win 10 games because you got a really good quarterback that can run that modern day triple. You have a stud wide receiver that can get those play action passes. You have a really good couple offensive linemen that can take you there. That's great. But that to me is not that that to me is a much lower ceiling than what you can achieve at Arizona State. In theory, at Arizona State, you can achieve nine win seasons every year and you can be contending for a championship every single year. That is the ceiling at Arizona State. So that to me is why I, I think Arizona State's a better job. But with your Jamie, ja uh, Jamie, Jadwell, Jamie Chadwell suggestion, completely agree. That's an A-plus hire for me. I would love to see that happen because it would be kind of a balance. Now, Georgia Tech just needs to find out what do they want to be. That's what we think they should be. But what do they want to be? Well, I, I mean, now that we're talking, I think they have to go him. or Because like I think because... Jeff Collins' recruiting class that had Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs, that was the closest they had to a top 25 recruiting class, and it came in at number 28. And that was like like gung-ho, like Georgia Tech has changed. And then after that, they were in the 40s. And so it obviously is hard to recruit there, like you said. Um, but if you have a name brand, which is going to be the next coach I bring up, I think it may be easier. But then again, like you said, there's the academic stuff. But Notre Dame deals with the academic stuff. And they have Stanford is hard to compare to all these other schools in terms of academics because they have like an Ivy League level acceptance rate. But like Notre Dame has not that they're except not that everybody's getting into Notre Dame, but it's a little higher. Um, but the thing with Jamie Chatwell, I think before before you go, I, can I just really quickly? Yeah, yeah. You brought up Notre Dame. The difference there is Notre Dame knows what they want to be. They want to be right. one of the best football programs in the country. They right. know what they want. And so, therefore, they uh, allocate those resources towards being what they want to be. Georgia Tech doesn't know what they want to be. Do they want to invest in football? Yeah. Do they want to not invest in football? Like, what do they want to do? You know what I mean? That's where that point was. Yeah, Going that's, that's to it's hard not to want to invest in football, especially when you're, like, just hypothetically, you're in Atlanta, you're in the South, you're in Georgia. Like, it seems almost foolish to not want to invest in football, but – Again, like you mentioned, they're a big academic school, so that could get in the way. Um, this next name has been thrown around, and honestly, I personally don't want to see him leave his current job just because I like what he's doing there. And I feel like it'd kind of be not every, I don't want to say hypocritical, but it would, I feel like it'd be like against everything that he's been preaching is Deion Sanders, um, the Jackson State coach. He he has ties to Atlanta because he played for the Falcons, obviously. Um, he is a big name that's been thrown around for practically every opening. Um, Arizona State as well. Auburn, even though it's not an opening, they believe that Brian Harson's time is limited. And so he has been thrown around for the Auburn job um, before Brian Harson's desk is even taken out of his office. And so, like I said, I would like him to stay at Jackson State just because I think what he's been preaching about um, bringing attention and positive or positivity to HBCU programs and like attention that they normally don't get. I feel like it would kind of, 
it would kind of suck to see him leave because you already know that the whole roster that he recruited there would just transfer with him because a majority of his roster is a lot of bounce back or not bounce back. That's a junior college um, uh, lingo, but a lot of guys that already transferred. So they're just going to transfer again, follow him, graduate. So Sergio, what do you think of the Deion Sanders hire? I I would say it's sexy, but I don't want to see it happen for the sole reason that I like what he's doing at the HBCU level. I think it just depends on what version of Deion you get. Are you going to get Deion Sanders? Who's well, well, let, let me rephrase this. I would not be surprised if he leaves because as much as you're, you've been preaching Deion Sanders and what he's been doing for HBCU, I think there's a part of him that a hundred percent feels that way. I really do. But I think the driving factor is Deion Sanders is in business for Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is looking out for himself. He is using Jackson state to get to another job, a higher profile job and make his name in the college coaching game. And I have absolutely nothing wrong with that because where I do think he is very truthful is he could do that at any school he wants, but he's choosing to make his name at Jackson State. And by doing that, he is raising the awareness of HBCU football, and he is bringing a spotlight to it. So there is truth to what he is saying. I believe it. I just think the driving and primary factor is Deion Sanders and what he wants to do. So, yeah, of course, there's going to be tra- Travis Hunter will go wherever Deion Sanders goes. His son will go wherever his dad goes. The assistants, coaches, analysts. They're going to go wherever he goes. Mike Zimmer is on that staff as an analyst, former Minnesota Vikings head coach. He's going to go wherever Dion goes. I think in, from Georgia Tech's perspective, I think it depends on what you, what, what version of Dion you're going to get, right? Are you going to get the Dion that's at Jackson State and really making th- coaching people up and doing those things? Um, or are you going to get um, – someone on Twitter said, are you going to get Atlanta Falcons Dion Sanders or are you going to get Atlanta Braves Dion Sanders? I thought that was really funny. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it just depends on what you're going to do. And – it all is going to come back to this, Borba. Is Georgia Tech going to give Deion Sanders what he really needs to succeed? Yeah, I mean, that's – he's obviously – and, like, if you don't realize what he's wink, done at Jackson wink, State. Wink, 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 hush, hush. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he, he's done crazy things at Jackson State. They are ranked number nine in the FCS, um, which is their highest ranking in 25 years. And it's really crazy to see the level of talent he's brought in there. And I His totally resume agree. speaks for himself. He's a fant- He's a really good coach and a really good developer. I agree. I really think and a great recruiter. I tr- I have nothing against him. My question I mean, is on the Georgia Tech side. Are they going to give him what he needs? If you're Deion Sanders, you're recruiting pitches. I'm Deion Sanders. Like there, I I I don't think it, get, it gets much easier to recruit than that. Um, he's someone who's played at the highest level, one of the best players of all time. So he's got his recruiting pitches. Hey, look, it's prime time. Um, but yeah, I think. I would like to see him stay there just for the sake of HBCUs kind of, I don't say getting relevance, but HBCUs, if we want to, whether you'd want to admit or not, have never been this relevant in college football. Um, uh, Florida, a Florida FAMU, as I call it, FAMU um, and Jackson state played on ESPN during week one. Um, And they've been, there's been a whole kind of aura around HBCUs that we'd never typically have. And so I think, if he were to leave, that would kind of leave, that would leave with him because there's Hugh Jackson's coaching. I think it's Grambling and Grambling's not getting the hype that Jackson State's getting. So I just don't think it's going to, it would resonate as much. Um, I do think he's going to leave eventually, but he was linked to the TCU job this past year. He was linked to the Florida State job before they hired Mike Norvell. Um, but now that he's proven that he could succeed at, whether you want to admit it or not, is like a lower tier job. He has the abilities to succeed at any program he wants to 
Um, I don't think I, I feel like Georgia Tech would make sense, but I just don't see them making that move. I think I think our first option would be better for them just in terms of it goes back to what their identity was. Um, low risk, high reward kind of situation. I think with Deion Sanders, there's always a high risk, high reward type of situation because one day his kids could graduate and all of a sudden maybe he's tired of coaching college football because he currently has two sons playing college football and they're both playing for him. And what happens when they both move on? Does he want to coach? I don't know. I'm just speculating. I It's not like he's said anything about this, but you never and, know. And let's say, let's say it doesn't work out, right? It's much easier right. to fire Jamie Chadwell than it is Deion Sanders publicly, perception-wise. Exactly. Easier, much easier. Well, and the, and yeah. Deion Sanders has a brand, and so you fire him. He's going to go on – because I believe he's affiliated with Barstool. He's going to go on every Barstool podcast, talk about how Georgia Tech, or, for example, yep. we're saying that. Exactly. He, talk about well, how no, I, they I agree. Did, I agree that yes. that's 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 definitely a reality, and even worse that it's going to be on barstool. So like the audience isn't. Really, never mind, I'm not going to go and trash barstool right now, but they, y'all know my they, feelings they, on barstool. Yeah, and then the Arizona State job. I think. I mean, it's been now, really that's a job that I have absolutely no idea who could take. I love it's it. Been I think really, it's a good job. I just don't know. You know, Nebraska is yeah. also open, so it's like Nebraska. I don't think Deion Sanders is going to Nebraska. No, 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 to... no. I, not not in the Deion's perspective. I just mean those jobs. Okay. Like, who are they? Gonna, we know who Nebraska is going to kind of target those types. But Arizona State, that is a they could just give. I mean, they hired Herm Edwards last time. Like anything could happen. You know, yeah. Herm was on TV yelling about his clip about playoffs going around yeah. fifty thousand times, and then he was coaching the next weekend on the sidelines. Like anything could happen over in Arizona State. There's two names that are kind of being thrown around for Arizona State right now, which before we go on the, to those names, isn't it crazy that the staffers of Arizona State hated Herm Edwards so much I that they it. were leaking information to other school, other like teams when they're playing? Like you realize you're on the staff too. Like you're going to get fired. Like, yeah. well, like, listen, that's how bad. That, he didn't have the best reputation amongst uh, staffers and assistants in the college coaching game. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 surprised. Let me I'm, I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked if that makes sense. Like I I 100% see that as a as something that could happen. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. I am surprised it happened just cuz it's I don't never really heard of that before, but I'm yeah, it is something never. that's plausible to me, you know. So I'll 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 throw out the top candidates that are being thrown around right now for Arizona State. Um first one doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, maybe three years ago, yes, Kalani Sataki. And I think he's a great coach, the BYU coach. But BYU is about to make the jump to the Big 12, and that's a Power 5 job now. So, I mean, I don't really know. That seems like a lateral that, move that to me. That makes sense. That makes sense for Arizona State. It does not make sense yeah. for Kalani Sataki. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think, he, also knows, I think, he also knows that BYU recruit, that unique BYU recruiting, and he, he yeah. really mastered that and gotten the best players available. So Right. And like, I think if it was any other person, that'd probably be a better job offering. But for someone who has a very deep BYU ties and like in a one year's time, they're going to be in the big 12. So lateral move for me. So I'm, I'm going to not, that's probably a, a C overall, just for like likeliness to happen. Um, Kenny Dillingham from Oregon, the offensive coordinator. Um, he's making Bo Nix look like a superstar right now. Again, um, Bo Nix is on track to surpass his career high in touchdowns, which is 16. He's already at 10 um, through four games. And Kenny Dillingham is kind of like that young, young blood coach that I think might get an interview. Don't think if he's ready for a head coaching job yet. 
he should 100% be interviewed, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's time for him to get one. And also, let's not be too hard on Bo Nix. He was in a Gus Malzahn system and it was has a really good passing arm. So, yeah, of course it's not – yes, come on. Like, passing-wise, we know we know the drill here. We know what I'm the Gus like, bus is like. Um, but his, I agree with you. I think I think he should get an interview. I like what he's been doing. Um, yeah. I still – I don't know if he's ready to take over a job, especially, like, a big time a, – a, I don't want to say a big yeah. Power 5 job, but a, a, a definitely Power 5 caliber um, – good coach he could definitely that's not the first step in my opinion and yeah i think he's he's lincoln lincoln riley was just promoted from the oklahoma staff and was like yep i'm the goat so he's not the goat but you know what i mean like i'm really good at this and so you never know you never know when it can happen this next one is interesting um it's kind of laughable uh and this is a nebraska name so i think you'll chuckle at this urban meyer um for some reason arizona state urban meyer is not coaching football again yeah, I don't know. I don't believe that, but I don't think he's going to take any of the jobs that are open right now. Um, yeah, I think, I, let me. Yeah, you know what? I I think I lean more on after I said that. Like he's, it won't be this year. I think it won't be this year. Yeah, I, I just Urban Meyer. Here's the thing about Arizona State: good program, yes. Good recruiting area, yes. Is the program ready to compete right now? No. Has Urban Meyer taken a job when the program is not ready to compete right now? No. <laughs> the one time he did that was for the Jaguars, and he lasted 13 games. So, and that was the NFL job. Um, but Florida was, I don't want to say they're all but built, but Florida, he, he didn't have much um, adversity at the Florida job. He took the Ohio State job right at, they had the right players. They just needed the right coach. And I would say that he probably wants a situation like that where he could walk in, be like, I'm Urban Meyer. Let's get this done. Go to the playoffs. Um, he'll probably win a championship or come close, get some headaches in a few years, and then he'll be done he again. Wants That's to, just, he wants to redeem his name after the whole Jags thing. That I get. Yeah, which I mean, I would too. Um, kicking the kicker, just not not <laughs> recommended. Um, but yeah, I think he was just, he was just he treating won't... grown men like they were nineteen year olds. Come on, which like... I I think we've learned. Um, with when we're learning with Matt Rule right now, we learned with Nick Saban. I think it's really hard to go from college to the NFL. Um, A college coach is different Bri- than a pro coach. Yeah. Bill O'Brien too. Um, he was a Texans coach after going from Penn State to the Houston Texans. Okay, but no, no, work- pause, pause, pause. I'm gonna defend Bill O'Brien here. Bill O'Brien's problems were not coaching. Bill O'Brien's problems were the fact that he was also the general manager yeah. and he it made never bonehead general manager decisions. I don't. This narrative of Bill O'Brien being a bad coach, like I saw Bill O'Brien rumored with like Nebraska and stuff. People were like, oh my God, no, it's gonna be horrible. No, that's he 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 can coach. He's a good coach. His issue was he was given the general manager position as that's well. Fair. And he that's was god awful at that decision because the play he could coach. He could coach those guys. He just didn't know how to be a GM. That's my well, like this revisionist history of Bill O'Brien is wild to me because I was there. I I do be remembering that stuff. He was good at Penn. He because he was post. Um, he was the coach post Joe Paterno post, in the Sandusky post stuff. Paterno and post, yeah, yeah. And he, he and he great. was he was good. And with the Texans in the first few years before he got the general manager job, he really turned around a team that was under lacked talent compared to the rest of the league. Like, man can coach. Good, Put some respect on his coaching good, name. I'll put some, I'll, I, I wasn't disrespecting G- GM. More. GM, let the jokes fly. Jokes are coming. Yeah, because that man might be responsible for my Miami Dolphins success because he's the one that did the Laramie Tunsil trade. So shout out to him for helping me. But yep. put some respect okay. on his coaching yep. name. Two more coaching uh, candidates, um, both hailing 
from the state of Texas, kind of. Um, up first, meet me, UTSA, Jeff Trailer. Uh, I think if anybody from a group of five level is due for a power five job, it would be him. Um, what job he's looking for, I don't know. Does he wait out for Steve Sarkeesian to get fired at Texas? I don't know. Does he wait it out? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I feel like I feel like he, because he, he is a Texas Longhorns guy, but I feel like he's due. Um, he could be a Nebraska candidate. I'm not sure. Um, done really well with UTSA. They had 12 wins last year. They were ranked for a majority of the year. Yes. I you can't believe I'm saying this. Jeff Trailer <laughs> will will take a Texas job, and the job that Jeff Trailer will take is Texas A and M when Jimbo leaves. Oh, and that will well, be a while. That will be yeah. a while. What do we I'm not decide? Ninety five million dollars on a buyout or something? Isn't that what well, we decided? Well, I think last? I think I think Jimbo will leave on his own volition in maybe three or four, maybe five years, okay. and and i think they will go after jeff trailer because i think he will stay cuz they will be in the american now utsa starting next season mm, and i think true. his whole his whole mo is former high school coach i know the high school coaches he's ju- he's doing what mcguire's doing over at tex at uh, texas tech so there yeah. i think they're going to be honestly i i think we're going to get mcguire and um jeff trailer both of those coaches they will be coaching texas and texas a&m in the next decade i don't know who will coach which but I really believe that we're swinging back to this Texas high school football roots thing. And it may just be because I've been watching a lot of Friday Night Lights. I've never seen it, and I'm on season four now. So it may just be that. But um, <laughs> it's, it's true. I, the, the, the way things are moving, I think I think the That's Texas funny. Tech loss, I, I think the loss of Texas Tech for the Longhorns kind of is going to be a little bit of a down the road. Hey, maybe that is a way to work. The, the success Jeff Trailer's been having. Hey, maybe that is a way to – maybe we should kind mm-hmm. of focus on Texas, Texas kind of stuff. So. Texas, like not to make this as a Texas tangent, but they've always gone for the sexy hire. They've gone uh, Charlie Strong when he was thriving at Louisville, Tom Herman when he was thriving at mm-hmm. Houston, and then yeah. Steve Sarkeesian was the hottest um, offensive mind in college football at the time. So I, maybe, I think I think the pendulum swings. I think they may be yeah. like, you know what? Forget about the sexy hire. We're going to hire the grit guy who knows Texas high school football, and I think it's going to work out for both of those programs when they do so. So that is why I don't think he would take the Arizona State job. I think his focuses are truly – he is better. Fo- he is better off focusing on Texas and Texas recruiting stuff than he is being in Arizona State. While yes, he can recruit West Texas, he will have to do a lot of work in LA, and I just don't think that that's going to translate over to the LA Arizona that side of recruiting stuff. So that's that's my opinion this, on him. This is my favorite candidate for the job. Before we move on, and it might bit surprise you because of all the ish I was talking um, about him previously. Tom Herman. Um, he could recruit at Texas. I don't hate that hire. I do he, not hate he won that hire. 64% of the games at Texas. It was just, he couldn't get Texas to that level of the Blue Bloods. He couldn't get Texas to the level of Alabama, whatever, which obviously is not an easy task to do, as we're seeing with Steve Sarkeesian. But Tom Herman's due for a job. Um, it's not it's not often that you get fired for winning 64% of your games and going 4-0 in bowl games. Um, it's very rare that you get the boot for that. Um, so I think Tom Herman's due for a job. I think it's going to be Nebraska or Arizona State. I feel like either one of those would be a good hire. He would be a good hire for. Um, do you have any surprise candidates before we move on? I have absolutely no idea who will take this job. Those candidates that you you went out, I think of those three, I like Herman the most. Um, okay. But yeah, man, I don't have anyone for this job. This is one of those I'm going to wait and see what happens. Excuse me, because I do believe that 
the Nebraska opening is going to be kind of a uh, the one that the first domino that falls because they do got the money of yep. the jobs that are open. It is the most attractive to me. So we, we should already, we think. should already we should already pencil in Scott Frost as Alabama's offensive coordinator because Bill O'Brien's going to go somewhere. Oh oh oh! Scott Frost is the next uh, is the next scholarship at the Nick Saban School of Wayward Coaches. Yes, that yes, he is yes, the next exactly. one up for sure confirmed as an yeah, analyst right. or as coordinator confirmed yeah yeah he's got to be um but now we're getting to our favorite part of the week pick them sergio it's pick them time um i'm gonna give you about 10 games and we're gonna pick who we think will win um maybe throwing a little game um but yeah up first an sec battle we have number seven kentucky visiting number 14 ole miss Ole Miss is busting out what might be the coolest helmet I've ever seen. I'm a big fan of it. It is cool. It is a really I, cool helmet. It's called camo. I'm not really seeing the camo on it. I, I might need to get a better look. It looks more, I don't really know, but camo was not the first thing that popped into my head when I saw that. I can tell you that. Um, but there's a little, little drama surrounding Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin kind of called out the student body that they don't support the, the team. Uh, made a little comment that it's hard to – get pumped up when your stadium looks like a high school stadium. So I don't know. Um, here's listen, the thing. Listen, Lane, he, he said the this. same thing. He said the same thing at FAU. He it's, a, it's a thing he does. He's just trying to rile up the students to get out there. No, they'll be well, fine. You got, you got to get the students out there. It's kind of disappointing when your team's top 15, you can't fill the stadium. But at the same time, I believe there's a little place out there in Mississippi called the Grove. And I would imagine that a lot of the students who, even if they're not of age, are spending time in the Grove and would much rather watch Ole Miss blow some FCS school out in the Grove than in the stadium when you can't go crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, here's the thing. Even though, and I'm not trying to bring bring up sour grapes for you, even though Kentucky's beaten a couple ranked teams and there's a little hype around them, I think they're fraudulent. Um, I've, I'm going Ole Miss. I don't think Kentucky has what it takes to be one of the top tier SEC teams at all i wouldn't say i wouldn't say they're fraudulent but i would say that they are not as good as they are not as good as we we being the florida gators made them look i think <laughs> no no seriously i i think you know they just they figured out anthony richardson and that was about it yeah about it that was pretty much what they did um but yeah i'm with you i like old miss old miss has been like sneaky quietly really good this season um, and I think that this is going to be their first time, like on the national stage, getting the national attention because they're going to be Kentucky, who I think is a bit overhyped. But I, but that's not to say Kentucky is a bad football team. So I also take Ole Miss. Let's go. What's the next? Old, What's, next? What's odds, next? More games. More games. Odds are minus seven Ole Miss. I like that. Um, this next one, sticking with the SEC, Alabama visiting Arkansas. Arkansas is coming off of a game they should have won against Texas A&M. Um, KJ Jefferson diving from like the seven yard line to, to try to make it into the end zone was just absolutely the most boneheaded move I ever seen. Um, I think Bama's going to get hot here. I don't think they win. I'm going, I'm going Bama. What's the spread here? According to ESPN, it is Alabama minus 17 and a half. <laughs> 17 and a half? 17 and a half. Okay. All right. That game will be on the napkin for sure. But. <laughs> Arkansas is covering. <laughs> I, I really, I think Arkansas is covering. Uh, the joke on Sideline Judgment, my other college football podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, the joke there is that we are an Arkansas Razorbacks podcast this season because we just love Sam Hartman so much. 
Um, and as much as it hurts me to pick against my Razorbacks, I will be picking Alabama as well. But I do think they cover. This is not a 17 and a half point different game. This is 10 points at most. I like, I like Arkansas. They played them really close last year in Tuscaloosa and the game is going to be in Fayetteville and it is the three 30 SEC game of the week on CBS. So yeah, give it to me. I'll take Alabama to win outright for the picks, but I will take the 17 and a half point spread in Arkansas. Yeah. That's just crazy to me because Alabama hasn't really, they played Texas and they beat, they beat them by one. And other than that, they've just played nothing but scrubs. So I don't know where they're coming up with that number. Maybe they know something we don't. Um, Oregon state visiting Utah, Oregon state took USC down to the wire. Um, I, I kind of want to go upset here. I think they kind of bounce back and just cause mayhem in the pac 12. I think Utah's a really good football team. I think after Florida beat them, they really got back into shape and got back into what they're doing. Their star tight end is out for the season. So that may be something that can affect them. But I do think as much as I love um, Oregon state, I really do love the Beavers this season. I like Jonathan Smith. Great coach. That's a guy who could be there for Arizona State, by the way. Jonathan Smith. Another conversation yeah, for yeah. another day. Um, but, yeah, I'll take Utah outright. What's the spread on this one? I'm doing some napkin homework here, which you can find. My, the, the napkin, my weekly betting picks on GatorsWire.com. They'll be up on Friday morning. Friday mornings. Minus 10 and a half uh, Utah. Yeah, that's a nice spread right there. That's a nice ten and a half point cushion there. I like I like Jonathan Smith. I like them. So Utah, that's where Utah lost to a better offense and USC by three. So yep. I agree. I know. I know. But I'll, for my picks, it'll be Utah here. Okay. Um, we're going to the Big Twelve. We got number nine Oklahoma State taking on number sixteen Baylor. Um, very interesting spread, Sergio. Baylor minus two. Hammer. Give me Baylor hammer let me ask you a question do you trust spencer sanders in the fourth quarter against the dave aranda defense i don't but i also don't trust baylor's offense yet so i'm gonna go oklahoma state all right i Um, will go i can see that i'm not there yet with them um we're going to florida um hopefully are we really we're going to florida uh wake forest number 22 Take Ooh, it. Not, not I, got you. I, thought, I was like, why are we going? Why are you? Why are we picking Florida Eastern Washington? Like, what are we doing? I don't want dis- to disrespect my Eagles like that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we got 22 Wake Forest visiting Florida State. I'm going Florida State. I'm I'm one of the sole people in America that is not done with Mike Norvell yet. I just feel like he had to get the things going for oh, no, I'm not done with Mike. I, I think he's a good coach. The offensive line is now at, at the very least power five level you know quality yeah. not the best inherited but some, much better which is what an improvement from what he showed up with what was yeah, there when he, he got there inherited such a bad situation and then losing travis hunter was just like a freak thing that nobody saw coming it was just yeah he's listen he's a tough I, go. I like him i think he's doing well up in tallahassee cannot believe he just made me compliment florida state with that being said i will be taking wake forest because i'm saying this now i said it on sideline judgment and i'll say it again here And I said it on the napkin recap, which went up on Tuesday. Um, Sam Hartman is going to make an NFL GM look like a genius when he drafts him on day two or day three of the draft. Yeah. Or he's going to be a great great career backup either way. Which is fine. Uh, That's I, I think he is good enough to make a career to make. I think he's good enough to secure his livelihood for him and his family as an NFL quarterback, whether it's as a starter or as a, backup or whatever i think he's good enough for that yeah and you gotta root for the guy after 
overcoming yeah, overcame yeah, Clemson. Did you see the game. throws he made against Clemson? Those are some NFL throws. Seriously, man. I'm not even I mean, joking. I mean, those are good. A lot of you aren't dialed into Stanford football, but Stanford re- apparently took some notes out of Wake Forest's playbook, and it's not looking like it. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number 17, Texas A&M visiting Mississippi State, who is currently favored. Um, minus four and a half, minus four Mississippi State. Uh, I'm going. I like the dogs. I think Texas A&M was just gonna. Okay, here's the thing: Texas A&M, great defense, bad offense. Mississippi State, really good offense, decent defense. So, what are we gonna do here? I'm I think I go a I think I go A&M just because it's really, it's not it. DJ Durkin's a good defensive coordinator, and he's gonna be able to shut down that air raid. I think personally, so. Um, I'll take I'll take uh, AM on this, even though okay. this is not an indication that I think they are good or in any way a contender for any type of thing. But I will take them in this game. Okay, and then we have a top top ten matchup: North Carolina State visiting in-state rival Clemson. Um, this is North Carolina State's year in their eyes. Um, but I don't wasn't think that, that wasn't that last year and the year before that. This is who they DJ, are. This DJ is who Uyunga they are. Was- had his career game against Wake Forest um, was. I would say I have I have turned around on DJ. I really have. I have I've been calling for him. I've been calling for him to be replaced as the quarterback for two weeks now, and it hasn't I've, worked I'm out. Aware. Longer than that, Borba. I for I know you. Longer than that, you've been calling for him I'm, to be replaced. I'm going to go with DJU, as everybody on national television now says, because they have given up on pronouncing his last name. Uyunglele. It's not hard to say. You can say Tagovailoa. You can say Uyunglele. It's not hard. Just, you know I'm what, very though, sensitive too. to people mispronouncing last names, as you as you know. So yep, for yep. me, it's, I, I make an effort. I will also be going with Clemson, by the way. Tua, Tua was too good for that for us to not know his name. DJ NFL, has to work his way. NFL MVP? What? Anyway. Hello. Hello. Um, and then we're going to go out west for the 9 or 10.30 p.m. game, Pac-12 after dark. Number fifteen, Washington. Number fifteen, Washington, visiting an undefeated UCLA. Oh, are you kidding me? Give me the Huskies. Give yeah, me Michael give me Penix. One. Michael Penix crazy, Jr. Crazy odds here. I, you, it's Washington minus two and a half. I feel like they're going to blow them out. I just, I, I, I yeah. I, it's to me, it's not even close. What's the money line on that? I'll take the money line there. Money line. Let's see what we got here. Money line. On, they're on the road. They're favored by a couple points. So it's what? Maybe like one minus one eighty? One forty five. One forty five. Okay. I overshot it, but okay. Over right, under though. Mm-hmm. Over under six four and a half. I feel like they're hitting that. They might hit that. Listen, I'm supposed to be in Orlando this weekend because I'm supposed to be going to the UCF SMU game. It was gonna be Saturday at three thirty. It's now gonna be Sunday at one. So we're still going up and we're still planning on going, but um saturday will now just kind of be like a hangout and watch college football day so i might mm-hmm. be able i might watch this game i might might hang out there pack 12 after dark with some friends of mine pack 12 after dark baby okay last game before we send you on your way tcu is taking on oklahoma um tcu is undefeated might be the is, most is this game oh. is this game in fort worth or is this game in norman it's fort worth oklahoma's coming off a of kansas state loss I don't know if I like Oklahoma against purple teams. I just don't, you know, <laughs> has, not, has nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, it's Oklahoma minus six and a half, um, 9 a.m. kickoff. Well, my time. So 12, 12 p.m. 11, 11 local. 11 local. 
Yeah, they're in the central time zone. They're kicking off at 11. Oh, I don't care about the I was going your time zone just to be friendly. I don't care about the, <laughs> I, don't care no, about the I was going off of the, you know, the one where the players have to play in. Yeah. That's the time zone I typically go off 11 of. local. I was like, well, sir, you live three hours ahead of me. You live in the <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Do This is like Oklahoma's first test with Brett Venables of adversity. Do they bounce yes. back? Or do they, are they rattled? I'm going to Oklahoma. I, it pains me, um, but I I don't believe in Max Dugan yet. I just don't. This is the best I know, I know, I know podcast listeners, you guys, it's podcast is a visual medium, so you can clearly see the clothes that we're wearing. But Borba's wearing a, a Texas Longhorns hoodie, and I am wearing a long-sleeve Oklahoma t-shirt. So <laughs> it's kind of Red River in this podcast right now. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I do think that they can bounce back. I like Brett Venables. I think, I think the, the biggest show of how good of a coach Brett Venables is, is not with anything Oklahoma's doing, but it's with Clemson's defense and how they do not look the same as they have in years prior. Um, so mm. for me, I, I do think that they're going to get that bounce back in them. I, I, I do like the offense. I really like Dylan Gabriel in this system. Uh, I, I think they're a better team, and I think that they are a program with high expectations. It may not be realistic this season, but they are high expectations, and I think that they will be coming out. They'll they will take care of business. I think against TCU. I will take. Yeah. I will take the yeah. boomer sooner. That one's for my brother. I'll take it. I'll take. It. I, won't, I won't say that, but I agree. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So those are our picks. We will update you guys next week on how we did. Um, Sergio, do you have anything to add before we send the people off on their way? Yeah, if you're if you're in the state of Florida, seriously, be safe. Be careful. Um, be safe. Please stay safe. Help, stay safe. Help your neighbor. Um, you know reach out, make sure everything, everyone's okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of games were affected by this hurricane. Gator game is now at noon on Sunday. Like I said, that UCF game was moved from Saturday at three 30 to Sunday at one. Um, South Carolina is playing South Carolina state was supposed to be Saturday. They're playing actually Thursday night. So, cause they're there for them, the storm will hit later. So they're kind of prevented, blah, blah. blah. Um, so, so yeah, everyone stay safe. Oh, the USF game from Tampa, they're playing in Boca Raton on Saturday. Uh, the Bucks moved their practice facilities to Miami. Um, they're practicing at the Dolphins facilities because the Dolphins are from Cincinnati. Anyway, just be safe, everyone. Um, make safe. sure make sure you take Enjoy care of yourself. Take football. care of your neighbor. Yeah, do what you can. Do what you can. Enjoy college football. Stay safe. Um, listen to the tailgate podcast while you can. Um, but as you know, I'm Kevin Borba. He's Sergio And we will see you guys next week. Everyone, have a great week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.